Yeah, so when we, we take Clyde, or when I put him in the car, take Clyde, my dog, in, put him in the car to take him to the vet or something, the whole way, it's, oh, it sounds like someone's killing him. It's absolutely horrible. That is one but, of the best Clyde impressions I've ever heard. Thank you. I should record it and actually play it back <laughs> you for you because did. you can see how close <laughs> it actually is. But yeah, so Clyde Clyde is the better trained of the two dogs. He will come when you're, he's called. He'll He'll walk and he'll walk next to you. But the minute he sees another dog or another person, he's all over the place. He can't get him to stop. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, on the other hand, is like you had mentioned in one of our podcasts previously. She is a cat. She won't walk. <laughs> She'll get under your feet. She just wants to cuddle. Um, if we take her out and there are any dogs, they'll try to bite the dog. And she's just, <laughs> you let her out in the backyard and you can call for her for an hour and she will just look at you and go, fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Unless there's a treat involved. <laughs> or 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 if they're out together, sometimes we let them out one at a time just so they'll listen and actually do their their business. We will uh, call Clyde and go, Clyde, you're such a good boy, good boy. And Bonnie will then come running because she wants to get the the <laughs> you know good girl stuff. Or it will say treat, and he'll come running and she'll follow. But that's the only time she'll come quick. Otherwise, the rest of the time she's just like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care. And in case our listeners don't know, Bonnie and Clyde are actually from the same litter, which makes it even a little more odd. Although being different genders, maybe that explains some of it, but uh, right or no? Uh, They, I don't know. It could possibly be um, very much that, but so we may have mentioned this before. I apologize if it's repeating, but uh, <laughs> we always repeat we ourselves. Always, we always repeat matter. ourselves. That's what makes a I podcast. I think I've heard new. this episode. No, you haven't. It's new. Litter mates of after all the research that we've done, litter mates are the most difficult to train. So I don't know if it has to do with the them being opposite sex or not. Uh, in fact, I think that might make it easier, but they are not. They're not easily trained. Uh, there's a lot more work that has to go into it. You are supposed to train them separately and then slowly, not not that there's a part the whole time, but you know, if you're going to go do a training session, you do it with Clyde first, and then you bring Bonnie out later and do it with Bonnie. And then you, as soon as you get that uh, answer or get that uh, behavior locked in, then you can start to try to do it together. But you can't do it until that behavior is completely 100% ingrained in their brain. Not to change the topic, but do you know I've created a new online dating service? I have not heard of this. Yeah, Please it's called Lightmates. It's called Littermates. Littermates. <laughs> oh, you could go so many places. With that I challenge. know. That is a billion dollar idea right there. See? I, somebody I else it. is going to take it because we're too damn lazy to do it. But I think, and I think our wives would forbid us to be. Probably. No, honey, really, it's a money-making idea. It's not because we want to find our own litter mates. Right, right. Well, is it really a dating thing? I mean, it would probably go over well in the South. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm wow. kidding. Well, we love you, Southern listeners. Yes, we do so much. I live here. I'll probably be murdered. Yes, uh, probably will. <laughs> the, but... <laughs> Let's change the subject. I can I can go so I can get in so much trouble. Well, I think it's time you did. I'm usually the one who's in trouble. No. Okay. No, it's it's all me. I'm the one who tells people to go to Twitter and and give us a response, and then they do. And I know <laughs> I I spend six weeks away from it, and then go. Oh, I'm sorry, you responded to me, and then type a message back. Nice. Yeah. This is why nobody ever responds to. I'm never responding to your question again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. So litter mates. Okay. So let's put, how that did we get on the topic to of, do. of dog training? You should tell people because it was an interesting segue since that was part of our conversation last week, all about segues and hoverboards and stuff, <laughs> pogo sticks. It was, we were actually discussing how uh, they will piss themselves dry. And I said, just like dogs, we were actually having a conversation about something else where you pissed yourself dry. And I say, just like the dogs, when you walk them and you said your dogs don't walk. And then you proceeded to do your impression. No, well, 
Hold on, hold on. Bonnie. My dogs walk. They walk very well. They just don't walk on a leash next to us. It sounds to me like it's not their problem with walking. It sounds like it's yours. It's always the, the <laughs> human's problem. You know that, right? That's that's the very first thing someone who trains dogs will say. It's not the dog's fault. It's the human's fault. I will take I will take responsibility yeah. for that. I, I 100% totally, will. totally agree with that. And that is that is, and I don't know if all the trainers say it, but the ones I've spoken with will say that, and they are correct. When we had our first dog after we actually before we got married, we were idiots. We had no idea what to teach this dog, and he was he was so mis uh, well. I don't want to say poorly behaved because he wasn't. He was a nice dog, but man, we he would chew things and and you know just to get attention and. Oh my gosh. He, I had, um, I had a bunch of back in the day, they used to have upgrades on United airlines. And so not a sponsor. Uh, and so I, uh, had probably 10 upgrades that they gave me. because I flew them a lot. And these are, I mean, these are golden. I give them one on a, on a flight and I get upgraded to first class. And so they were awesome. And he chewed up like 10 of them. Oh, I wrote it coach for several weeks because of that. It was Damn uh, dog. Yep. Hit so my car had, keys in the waterbed once. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, yeah. um, they, now they weren't, uh, young dogs necessarily. Cause they, I had mine for a long time. Jen had hers for a long time, and, but it was right around the time we got married. Um, Jen had received a, a fairly substantial check from her father who had passed away um several years before that and it was kind of a it was a, a buyout of because she would get checks monthly from his old business because he was in insurance sales mm -hmm. and this was the buyout at the end of of this policy so she got a fairly substantial check that she wanted to put towards the wedding and we put it down on the table and we left to go do something else we came back and it was destroyed oh, one of the dogs no. had eaten the entire check oh. with just a couple of pieces left out luckily the the lawyer was able to get the check reprinted but oh my god that the that feeling you get and these <laughs> dogs had never chewed anything else yeah. they were not chewers at all it was a pug and a schnauzer but we our hearts just sank <laughs> it was that it would was be horrible. an excellent name for a rock band too pug our hearts just sank Dog and <laughs> pug no and schnauzer. Pug and schnauzer. <laughs> I think that would be a good coffee shop too. Pug and schnauzer. Pug and schnauzer. You'd have we, to see, serve. We're coming up with all these ideas and people that are listening. Luckily, we don't have a huge listener base, <laughs> but all the people that are listening <laughs> that steal these lucky. ideas. That's so lucky we don't have a big listener so lucky. base. Thank you for, thanks for keeping it from getting to be a large listener base. No, no, I'm going to do something goofy now so we don't get more listeners. Right. Because I don't want that. Because <laughs> then exactly. they'll steal all our good ideas. But I tell you what, folks, if you want to share these really good ideas with some of your friends, or you want to share the bad ones with some, some of your enemies, just share this podcast with one other person and encourage them to listen. Pug and Schnauzer Coffee Shop. Or so it could be a bar, too. Pug and Schnauzer. Instead of sprinkling, like, you know, shaving chocolate, semi-sweet chocolate over the top of it, would you put, like, dog hair in it? Right yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to now, though. I'm going to come up with a logo for Pug and Schnauzer. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to post it on our social media network. Wow! Too much time on my hands. COVID, baby. COVID. Yeah. Well, and that's funny. I, I talked to someone else, uh, someone we work with uh, uh, the other day, and uh, this person—I won't say he or she because it would give it away. No, it wouldn't. But this person said during the whole COVID thing that he has spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time doing stuff around the house. Not and I want to be clear about this because you and I are often home short or on the road, home short, that sort right. of thing. Uh, I don't feel guilty about that. Cause you know what? I am often up at 2 AM cause I can't sleep and I'm d working on stuff. And right. so if I want to, you know, take the bike for a spin for half an hour or something, I, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. It's right. And, and that's that one of the reasons we chose this line of work. Yeah. So we have the, the freedom to do things like that. For sure. Yeah. I was 1130 last night putting together a, a deck 
of slides for <laughs> for yeah. a presentation today that ultimately canceled. <laughs> nice. That, that happens because, to me all the time. Because the person it was for, who we had geared it toward, failed to show up for work. And I'm going, welcome to the car business. Wow. Oh, I know. And it was not. Wow. But so I was I was talking to a, another coworker of ours, and I was so being home. It it we we are a little bit more flexible. I have a problem, and it's my OCD that I do still feel like between the hours of eight and five, I need to be working. Sure. And a lot of our coworkers may or may not follow that exactly because you know again we do we do tend to work beyond work hours quite a bit so. And, and part of me is I want to, I, I am trying to do the eight to five. So after five, I am home and, and doing stuff with my sure. family or and I think that's I'm important. working on potty mouth. Right? That's important with Peyton too, though. I think you have a right. younger, you know, a, a younger child at home. And um, I think it's awesome that you focus on that to spend that time. We're empty nesters now. So uh, she, Lisa's tired of seeing me anyway, most of the time. So. <laughs> why don't you why don't right. you just keep working as i hear exactly you know, ice cubes tinkling in a glass uh <laughs> nice uh, i'm just kidding nice. that's but me that's me tinkling I, uh, in a glass tinkling oh we're, <laughs> now we're back to tinkling yes yeah, pissed him dry um <laughs> anyway so i was talking to this co-worker and we were talking about uh working during the week and looking forward to the weekend and, and how you just, you're excited for the weekend. And granted, this is during COVID. So we're, we're at home all the time, right? Looking forward to the weekend. Cause you're just, there's, you're, you're done with work. And then you get to the weekend and you're so bored because there's nothing else to do because of COVID that you're, you're excited to get back to work. And it's just <laughs> this vicious cycle. And then yes. I made the comment while we were talking about it. And I said, the only difference is during the week, I can't day drink. <laughs> There. And this person person gave and and you'll you'll know who it yeah. is, uh, but this person gave a very stated pause, and then <laughs> said, "Hasn't stopped me." <laughs> Completely joking, of course, but still, it, the timing was impeccable. <laughs> there has, joking aside, there has been uh, there have been several studies that are talking about the increase not only in alcohol sales and so on but people who are self-admitting that they are either day drinking or having a cocktail before quitting time or whatever right. and i i haven't i haven't seen any but i got to believe there have to be some zoom examples of people oh, I'm sure. who are hammered <laughs> Well, I love that the, there's uh, some TikTok videos where you see people in their in front of their computer and they've got a clock in the lower right hand corner and it's ticking and it says 4:59. They're holding a coffee cup and they take a sip and five o'clock rolls around. They take out the wine glass and pour the wine from the coffee cup into the wine glass. <laughs> They're just changing vessels. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's I love awesome. those. I love those. No, I, you know, I, I come from a very European family too. And and the one thing that frustrates me about uh, our work culture is I don't have a problem with people having a drink for lunch. I really don't. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason, and again, this is my personal opinion, opinion, and I'm sure someone will come down on me for saying this. I do not have a problem with people unless they're getting behind the wheel of a car drinking during the day or just taking the edge off. Because I think part of the problem with the United States and uh, there's a, a high level of alcoholism mm -hmm. has less to do with people day drinking than just binging. And I think if more people were allowed or comfortable having a glass of wine for lunch or a beer for lunch, sure. probably we'd have fewer instances of, of alcoholism or uh, alcohol related accidents because of that. That's just, it again, that's my opinion. It doesn't seem to be as prevalent in Europe, um, right. you know, countries like Italy and, and, uh, uh well, even, you know, Germany and Switzerland and so on. And I'm not saying that it's not there, but it just doesn't seem to be, you don't hear about it as much. What, what I find to be interesting though, is I remember the days when uh, the, it wasn't just to have a glass of wine at lunch. It was the martinis at lunch. Right. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. One of the guys I worked for was he would have two, maybe three martinis or Manhattans. And, and this is at lunch 
and you know that we're talking about being in the car business. This is many years ago, but he would come back to the dealership and couldn't grab his butt with either hand because I mean he was and he'd end up leaving you know on a half an hour later anyway because he didn't want to be at the store anymore. Right, uh, and and I caught the tail end of some of that. I've I've had times where I've I've seen GMs. Uh, or owners come back from lunch and, and have to sleep it off in the car for a little while. Um, <laughs> wow. It's that's not unusual, but no. the, the, I'm making a broad generalization. Of course there yep. were still issues. Of course there were still alcoholics, but I'm just saying, I think there was the opportunity is a lot um, more prevalent when, when you're restricted on the things that you have to do. Sure. It's, it's just, I think that's just the way it is. Or, you know, I, I also think that there's some people that either label themselves or other people label them as alcoholics when they're really in fact not mm-hmm. because it's more of, you know, maybe they'll have a drink or two, but does that really constitute alcoholism mm-hmm. or does it affect how they function or how they live their life? I think I, it's, there's so many ways you could argue that. Yep. And trust me, I've, I've had those arguments in my head all the time <laughs> because that's what I do. I argue with myself. <laughs> I will play a devil's advocate. You could come and say that same stuff to me and I'll argue it to the death. Well, I think that's fun to be able to do that because it challenges the mind to think about, okay, now let's say you come from this perspective because let's face it, whether you call it arguing or, or discussing or whatever, you know, that's part of the art of negotiating. That's part of the art of selling, frankly, is being able to represent uh, your viewpoint. And we know in sales, it's not always a viewpoint. It depends what you're trying to sell. And uh, and the example I'll give is, is we used to have a saying in the car business, there's an ass for every seat. Right. And what it means is don't fall in love with any particular vehicle because some people will like vehicles that you don't like. And mm-hmm. I, I think about uh, my, one of my first demonstrator cars when I, they used to give out demos to salespeople was an Oldsmobile Omega. I in, don't even, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. The early eighties. Uh, I think it was an 81, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a two-tone blue and white Olds Omega, kind of a square car, uh, an X-body platform, which was the same as the Chevy Citation. Mm-hmm. And the I think there was a Pontiac, too. I can't remember. But the point was it, kind of was, it was a box on wheels, essentially. And I'm going, oh, this isn't... Because we had the Cutlass Supreme Coupe, which was this swoopy, I mean, really nice-looking vehicle that everybody mm-hmm. wanted. And, of course, that's what everybody wanted for a demo too is because that was for great cars but now when you're new you start off with an omega and you go but it gave me an appreciation for the car when people came in looking for omegas i didn't say well yeah i drove one it's a piece of crap because that would not be very (laughs) smart right but rather i said yeah i drove one and, and i learned some pretty cool things about them and so you change just a little bit say hi to lisa Hi, Lisa. <laughs> you ch- <laughs> I'm going, who the hell's in the background of oh wait, that's my background. That's Lisa. Yeah, as as I was waving. <laughs> you're probably <laughs> Yeah, I know Nick's waving at me to tell me to shut up, which exactly. is what he normally wave at me for. <laughs> hey, Ixnay. Yeah, hey, exactly. Stop it. <laughs> at least I so was anyway. waving my I was but John, usually I'm waving only one finger when I'm waving at you, not my whole wow. hand. Yeah, yeah, pointing. It's pointing. Right. It's not flipping me off. Pointing to the you, sky. You wave. I don't mind telling you, and I've watched a little bit of The Crown uh, on Netflix, and you wave. No, the queen actually waved like this. Or Oh, yeah, she does. It's, it's kind like, of that. It's No, it's like yeah. this. Yeah, She's like cupping. that. She's she is. Yes. Like, bring it all to me. Bring it all to me. I can <laughs> smell it all. Bring me the money. Bring me there you go. more <laughs> gold. Lisa, you can wave. Did you wave it, Nick? Okay, hold on. <laughs> wow, that's a bright light there. Thank you. Phew. <laughs> bright light, burn baby. Bright light, big city. Anyway, yeah, so you've got to be prepared to accept a either a car like that or just a, a position that you may or may not 
necessarily agree with. Right. That's sales, man. Yeah, that's so, sales, baby. So what would be it. in between the Omega and the Cutlass? Would that be a Tornado? No, no. The Tornado was a high-end car. That was the Seriously? nicest. Yeah. The Tornado um, was the first non-Cadillac uh, General Motors car I saw that was over $20,000. And I think it was a 1982 that was a demo that my boss had. And mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Oh my gosh, it was a it was a, it was a very cool car. But twenty grand back when cutlasses were, I'm guessing now, were probably twelve or thirteen. So I had I my first car was an '81 Tornado, and oh, nice. I have to say it, it rode very very nicely. Yeah, but I don't think it was high end by any means. But then again, it was that was, was. late or that was mid '90s when I was driving in 1981. So yeah, you know, so not it, with and, a lot of miles on it or no? Oh, I don't remember. It was probably thirty thousand miles on it. That's it. Oh yeah, not a lot of miles. Oh, jeez, not well, like the other great. one. I, I told you about uh, Murray's '76 or '77 Tornado. Without uh, the last time I saw it, it was sinking into the ground next to a hangar um, <laughs> on a on an airport somewhere. Nice. <laughs> Probably hadn't run in ten years. Well, they were—I mean, they were great cars, and not a lot of people knew that they were front-wheel drive, right? And uh, I the, put my Jeep Wrangler in the ditch more than I ever put my Tornado. Yeah, Tornado was tough because to, it was a big V8, yeah, and still front-wheel drive, yeah, and uh, much like the uh, Eldorado. Yeah, and the Eldorado used to be rear-wheel drive. Until they used the Tornado platform at some point. I don't know what year that was, but in the early 70s, I would guess. Yeah. But it was yeah. A, it, I have to cool admit, car. it was a great car. It was a yep. fantastic car. Cool car. Well, that's your question between the Omega, and they changed over the years, but there was the Forenza and the Omega, which were kind of the Forenza was a J body car, which was the Cadillac Cimarron and okay. the Chevrolet Cavalier. They were on the J body platform. Uh, and then the X body was the Citation and the Omega and the Buick Skylark and so on. And then there was a hmm, A body. I can't remember. No, that was the Century, Buick Century and the Cutlass Calais, it was called. Wow. Cutlass Sierra. They should bring some of these names back. Yeah, the Cutlass Sierra, the Cutlass Calais. Yeah, because they got rid of Oldsmobile. They have right. all these extra names laying around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah, bring back the Aztec. That was an ugly ass car. Oh, that was an ugly car. You know, it was a great car though. Um, we had we had an Aurora. Oh yeah, Aurora was a nice and, car. And the Bravada, a Bravada was great too. Um, that one we put my between my my, my mom, my wife, and myself put two hundred thousand miles on that Bravada. Bravada was and a Chevy was, Blazer essentially. Yep, same body yep. style. And, yep. Um, yep. And what but the Aurora was fun. The Aurora was like getting into a cockpit because the, the yeah. whole thing wrapped around you. It, that was kind of, uh, if I may be so blunt, a, a poor man's Tornado is kind of what they, okay. they tried to do with the Aurora. And then the Aurora, they tried then, this is how General Motors was kind of struggling at the time, in my opinion. Obviously, they were because they got rid of Oldsmobile, Pontiac, Hummer, and yeah everything else uh saturn and uh, what what they were doing was they were going to create a separate brand for aurora so it was going to be its own it wasn't going to be under the oldsmobile oldsmobile okay. badge anymore which i found to be kind of interesting but uh, yeah that is interesting yeah. i'm surprised that I remember any of that. With that. but the uh, the aurora was a fast car and it was very for its time, it was very technologically advanced. Yeah, that was probably a three liter or a three point six liter uh, V six in yep. the Aurora. Yeah, and, they used uh, it as a pace car. Oh, did so they? Yeah. I, I think you. I don't know if it was you or another person turned me on to this YouTube channel. Uh, it is a whole channel, but there was one specific video. It was like um, thirty minutes long, where these people who go and they take get bar, barn finds and they clean them up. They they're detailers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they were in this barn and the guy's still alive and owns all these cars. And none of them are really for, everything's for sale, but not, he wasn't actively trying to sell anything, yeah. but he had like 350 cars. Oh my gosh. And, 
Yeah, and they're all stacked in all different kinds and ranging from Rolls Royces to, uh, you know, a little, he'll probably have it, he has Cutlass in there somewhere, I'm sure. Mm. Um, just this wide range. And he actually has a an Aurora pace car with all of the oh. pace car stuff on it still. Yeah. It was wow. pretty neat. I thought it was neat. I'll have to look <laughs> that up and share that with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Aurora pace car. Well, and... And I wonder how political all of that was, or you know, did they have to buy in to get that? Because there were a lot of oh, Corvettes. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm wondering to what degree that was all. Right. I'm sure they didn't just select. Okay, Corvette, come on. I, I'm sure they bought into. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. I bet they did. But they were, those were some great cars. Uh, and to finish off the Bravada, sorry, I got yeah. you off track there. Bravada was a, a um, high-end. Uh, Very nice. Blazer. blazer. Yeah. yeah. Not Very quite nice. as high-end as a Cadillac because they, they, were, they had the exact same model Cadillac as well. I don't huh? remember what. Yeah, they had, it was, maybe it wasn't Cadillac. Was it Cadillac? No, it wasn't Cadillac. might have been GMC. No, because it went, I think it went Chevy, GMC, uh Bravada, Oldsmobile, and then there was yeah. another one that was the exact same body style, but it was well. Buick didn't. I don't think Buick had one. Then, no, though. it wasn't Buick. Now they did steal that body at the end, like right yeah. when Oldsmobile started going away. They, they yep. moved it over, but yep. I don't remember. I thought there was one step higher. No, the Cadillac, uh, uh, the first Cadillac um, uh, SUV, as I recall, was was the Escalade, I think. No, and the Escalade was out, but I thought they had one that was smaller than the Escalade. I could, I, I, I have been wrong before, and I will admit if I'm wrong, I just don't remember. Well, you could look you've, up. That would be, you've that would be totally consistent. I have really. Yeah. That's why I have a podcast. How many times <laughs> in one podcast can Nick be wrong? I'm just, I'm oh, trying to keep our listeners on their toes. Oh, they're on their toes. Why else they would are. they be listening to this? They're on their toes, ready to jump off the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to hear what they say next. We've probably saved a lot of jumpers just because we of our maybe rant. could have or caused just as many. Who knows? Possible. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for that. No, not Do you at have all. Birds in your background? I'm hearing tweeting. Uh, no, that's just me. I I oh. like to tweet a lot when I'm listening. That it soothes me. Yes, I've got a lot of birds in my backyard. A yeah. lot of cardinals, actually, cardinals and and bluebirds, blue Very jays. Nice. Yeah. Blue jay. Oh, only baseball team birds. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. The cardinals kick the blue jays' ass all yeah. the time. Do you have any orioles? Are they coming in? No, but I have a few twins. You. Ha That's not a bird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, nice job. Thanks, thanks. That's about as close as we're going to get to baseball, I think, uh, for a little this while year? anyway. Right. Well, well you know, no, they're I think bringing back the important something. sports. Yeah, they're bringing back the important sports, the ones that I hate the most, you know, basketball. Um, <laughs> sorry, those people from Indiana that are listening to our podcast. Uh, I am not a basketball fan. Well, I am. I'm, I mean, I used to play, uh, not well, but I played and enjoyed it, and so I tend to watch it a little more. I don't. I care less for professional basketball now than I ever have. I used to really enjoy watching Jordan and because we lived in Chicago at the time. Um, but I, I, I just have a hard time with it now just because of the uh, John Wooden is rolling in his grave every time somebody carries the ball when they're dribbling it, you know, because they do right. almost every time they touch it, yeah. they would be have been called for traveling back in the, even as soon as, you know, as recently as the seventies. Right now, I, I, I played basketball too. I enjoy that's, but that's me with a lot of sports. I enjoy playing certain sports more than I like watching sports. Um, I, I'm hockey. I loved playing hockey and I will watch games once in a while, but it's just not as much fun to watch it as it was to play it. And basketball is the same thing, especially basketball. Um, and even then, I would much rather watch a live game than watch one on television. I, so they're different levels. That's a really good point. And I think basketball is that unusual one for me that I, I agree with you. I prefer watching them in person because there's, there's so much more to it. Um, there's a baseball, show around it. Yeah, and baseball is kind of that way too. If you 
depending upon where you go see it. Yeah. Uh, Wrigley Field is a great place to watch a game. And, right. and even uh, uh, the uh, uh, Miller Park. Uh, yeah. Bush uh, Stadium is a lot of fun, too. Bush Both the old one and the new one. Yep. I have not been. Uh, I don't think I've been to Bush Stadium, but. Um, I've uh, been to. Yeah. I have been one of those very lucky people that have been had the opportunity to go to both Bush Stadiums. That's awesome. Because they were basically built on the same spot. How about Yankee stadiums? I have never been to any Yankee state. I've been to the the Baltimore the stadium in Baltimore. Yeah, um, I yeah, have. Too. I have yet to go to the new Twins stadium or Target Field. Baltimore um, is that not the one that's? Um, the, uh, hold on now, is it? Um, I, I'm trying to get this correct. Yeah, I think it's Baltimore that they have the uh, – isn't it like backed up to a hotel? Yes. Yep, and you can look from the hotel down into yeah, the – Yeah, I was yeah. at the workout room, and they're yep. doing batting practice right yeah, out the cool? window. That was awesome. I love that park. That was just a really a nice little – you know, not a big massive place or anything, but yeah. what a nice I've, complex. I'm I'm I feel bad that Baltimore gets such a bad rap because of its crime because it, it really is a beautiful city. I'm not sure it's uh, you know what I, I, with all the the things that are going on right now I, I'm not sure that it is any more uh, of a problem in Baltimore Dangerous. than it is anywhere else. It's just right. Gosh, it's just a shame to well, see feel- all this stuff and. It's, it's I feel bad. bad for any city because it's it's kind of like the same here in Nashville. Nashville's gotten a lot of press in the last few years because it's just it's a growing city and it's huge and yep. and people are moving there constantly. Well, I can name fifteen other cities in the United States that are seeing the same thing. It's not yeah. just Nashville, no, um, for sure. But there are also those, those cities that are like Baltimore, Detroit, who have had some issues and and are are said to be so dangerous and stuff, but the, I bet you a good percentage, I'm not going to say the majority, but a good percentage of the people that live there say it's a great place to live in both places or in I multiple cities that, that have the same. Well, Chicago has gotten kind of a bad rap. And when we lived there, it was, it was the place and people complained right. about, well, you know, the, the dailies have run this city for 40 years and yada, yada. Uh, but it was safe. And, Right. You could go downtown at all hours of the night, and um, that's not the case right now. And and so, so uh, uh, no, this is not a time to to get political. But I find this interesting, and I'm just going to make a comment, and it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be political in nature, other than to say that the vast majority of the big cities are and have been Democrat controlled for many many years. That's Chicago not a political thing. Not, there, there have been, there's been statistics that have come out that say that, that show Chicago numbers based on democratic mayoral leadership for like 80 years or something like mm-hmm. that. So I, I, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong or indifferent, uh, but what I am saying is that if something is not right, then I don't understand why there wouldn't, you know, have a change, make a change like happens in the office of the president. If at some point we say, you know what, I'm ready to move in a different direction. So you go from Barack Obama to Donald Trump. Now what's going to happen next? I I don't know. We'll see. But you make those changes through history uh, from, uh, you know, Reagan to, to, well, Bush senior. And, you know, I, I don't know where all of that stands, but it seems like over time, uh, that's, it's quite a, it's quite amazing, frankly, that whether a city is doing well or doing poorly. And I think you could make an argument for Chicago and all of Illinois right now that, oh my gosh, they're in so much trouble financially that, Mm uh, I, but there's still, there doesn't seem to be a preponderance of effort to, to change the seas like we do on right. a national level. I don't know. Yeah. It's just interesting no, it's, to me. That's a good observation. And I think it's spot on. I, and mm. there've been, because of what's going on with COVID and things like that, there've been a lot of studies that show 
they they talk about political divides and a lot of that mm. political divide has to do with the big cities versus rural areas and the fact sure. that most cities are a lot more liberal than they are and yep. a lot more of the rural areas are more conservative and that just kind of speaks to you know the the belief i think the belief system of of the two demographics again in broad generalization using yep. broad, broad right. strokes that most more liberal people probably tend to live in the the cities um because that's the 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 type of environment they prefer and that's mm -hmm. why they are more liberal versus people who are a little bit more conservative they don't want to be in such tight-knit communities they want to be a little bit more uh, spread out and that's why the rural areas are a little bit more conservative i and i again i'm i'm that is my opinion but i am taking that from what some other that i've read in some news stories in the new york times and yeah. and time and all of those other places it's exactly what they're saying um, and sure. it's based, a lot of this research is coming out, it's been around, but a lot of this research is now coming out because of COVID and how um, they, they're they using that to politicize a lot of other things. But but it, they do make a good point at that at that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, just generally speaking, and, and I kind of take COVID out of the mix. Um, and, and it's not that it hasn't been politicized because it sh certainly, surely has been. Um, but that to me is all Monday morning quarterbacking when, oh, yeah. when people are judging, you know, governors and even the president and, and others and saying what a stupid thing he did or what a terrible thing she did or, you know, whatever. I, I think the vast majority, at least I hope, are, are doing what they really think is right at the time. And, and you're making these decisions in real time. Yep. So you don't have the luxury of looking back on something and and saying, oh, I wish I would have done that. Well, everybody's going to say that if they're being honest. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I I'm, think that's I'm, a little different. I'm going to probably piss off a lot of our conspiracy theorists. Oh, good. Um, listeners, go. but Because, <laughs> you know, I we have this, a lot of them. We do. We do. I made this comment <laughs> to uh, another coworker today, and, and it's I've always thought it, but I, I finally came out and said it today. I said, you know, I, I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent person, not smart, but I, I think I'm a fairly intelligent person. You are. And I can't think even two steps ahead of myself. You know, I, I if something really good or really bad happens, I can't go, I planned that. That's <laughs> it was, you know, six years in the making. No, it's usually a surprise. <laughs> I can't for the life of me think that there's anyone out there that's really smart enough to come up with some of these plans to, to truly cause mayhem because that's their goal in life. To, yeah. to your point, it's yeah. they're in the moment. They're trying to make the decisions with the information they have. Sometimes sure. that information's bad. Sometimes it's good. They make the decisions and, and they're going to have to, it, it's going to fall to history to, to judge them at that point. But yeah. I yeah. don't think I, I I have a tough time thinking that anything is thought out that far in advance with that many details in place to really cause some of these things to truly happen the way well, they're said and, to have happened. And whether that's true or not, because you're you're right. Like I mean, we're we're just making conjecture, and I, you know, based on information we have. But to me, even whether it's true or not, the the uh, ability that we have as a society to look at history gives us a great deal of instruction about what to do and what not to do. Right. And, and I think what happens, unfortunately, with um, trying to rewrite history and, and even so far as, and again, not trying to offend anybody, but tearing down statues, uh, and things like that. Mm -hmm. It's trying to rewrite history and, and erase someone from history. And, and admittedly, maybe we shouldn't be celebrating someone who has since been shown to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, less than an ideal citizen. But you're using today's standards to judge somebody from a hundred or hundreds of years ago. Right. And to say suddenly that uh, uh, George Washington was an evil man because. Uh, they had slaves, or his family, Thomas Jefferson, uh, had slaves. I, I don't. While by today's standards, that would surely be a, a reason for us to, you know, uh, uh, be angry with someone or mm -hmm. to just demonize them. Not correct and demonize them. Um, but back then, 
you have to stay within the norm of, of that timing. If you don't want to repeat those mistakes, you cannot let society forget them. And, right. and a lot of that has to do with, you know, things like even, even uh, the third Reich and how, if we, if we do not remember that stuff, if we don't recall that right. and secure that, that knowledge well, and, or we and run the risk of repeating it. Yeah, absolutely. Who said that? There was a, a famous, that was a famous quote. Be more famous than we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Barely. Barely. <laughs> uh, but in, in in all seriousness, you know, and a lot of those things are terrible. And trust me, my my family has taken the brunt of of uh, the, yes. the whole World War II Nazi invasion um, yep. Yep. in in a big, pretty big way. But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of good that comes out of evil as well. And well, there can be. There I, can I be. think. I, I think it's that's the human spirit. That's the part where if things go poorly, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I can't yeah. stop myself. Uh, if things if things go badly because of some evil or some whatever, it's uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, speakers of all time was Jim Rohn, R O H N, and Rohn said, "What's not? It's not important what happens to you. What's important is what you do with what happens to you." Exactly. Yep. And so that's the whole evil. Yep. Thing. I don't, I don't yep. think it's good inherently that comes out of evil, but it's how you react to evil. Correct. That's a very good way of, of saying that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, there's, there's, there are things that, that have come from it. Um, you know, if, if we didn't have the Nazi party, if we didn't have Hitler who, who tried to take over the world and do so many evil deeds, we wouldn't have an internet interstate system in the United States. We wouldn't have cloverleaf on ramps. We wouldn't have Volkswagen, hmm. you know, I, I not, you know, you can argue if Volkswagen was a good thing or not, but you know, that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it, again, because we know that Hitler was a big part of that. Should we get rid of our internet interstate system? Should we get rid of our on ramps? You know, there's arguments for other reasons to get rid of it, but that has nothing to do with the person. And right. I, I know that's again that there's a there's a big stretch between what you were saying about statues and and versus judging people. I mean, we know inherently that Hitler was bad. But my point to that was my grandmother, who lost most of her family to concentration camps and to the mm -hmm. Nazis, who was a Jewish woman in Europe during World War II once told me that when before all of that started happening she would listen to hitler speak on the radio and the entire family would sit there and listen and just be amazed by the progressiveness of that man hmm. there were very few people until the atrocities started happening there were very few people that were against hitler which is why he got to be as big and as strong as sure. he was and sure. he was able to do as many evil deeds um, because he was a good speaker and, and the ideas that he was spreading was, was, uh, in, in the beginning was something that a lot of people bought into. Well, people and if, if they hadn't like that, yeah. Yeah. And if people hadn't done that in the beginning, he would never would have gotten to the power that he was at. So yeah. again, that goes to judging people in, in the time, making decisions based on the information you have, For and sure. that's the best you can do. Yes. And that's why it's critical for us to to react appropriately. And, and frankly, in many cases, kind of like what we're in right now is stand up, dust ourselves off and, and do something good with it. Exactly. Because there are bad things that happen. And, and honestly, that's since the beginning of time, that's, yep. that's it's not going to change. No, it's always good versus evil, but the difference is uh, in terms of what wins out uh, people are, so as oh boy here we go as a as a christian my belief is and this i never really used to think because people would say oh you know uh uh we um people are basically good and while i'd love to think that i don't think it's true i think we are horrible people and i'm pointing at myself as well and and that's the reason as a, a Jesus follower that we needed Jesus is because we are inherently bad people. And I, I know I am. And so it's, it's no one is perfect. No one is right. A hundred percent of the time. Uh, and if you're a biblical scholar, you know that uh, uh, many times it's said that uh, 
uh, Romans 3.23, uh, and there is no one good, not even one, and I'm sure I'm misquoting it, but it says that, uh, something close to that, so I'll look it up. Uh, anyway, but that's, it's it's all about everyone as a sinner, and, and uh, uh, we occasionally do some nice things, but that's not our nature. <laughs> Yeah. So no, anyway, you're you're that, absolutely right. Yeah. Well, so to that point, I'm going to change the subject, but not change the subject because you had mentioned not knowing that exact quote from the Bible. Yeah. It. I don't think it really matters because I grew up with the Catholic Bible, mm-hmm. and so we were experimenting with um, with some churches down here, and much you know different places you can go. And we went to a Baptist church for a little while, Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. And they were reading. Is there a Northern Baptist? Out of, I'm sorry. I would love to know that. Honestly, <laughs> there could be. I, there might not be. I don't know. Uh, you know, what's the difference between a First Baptist? How many First Baptist churches are there? And where's the Second Baptist Church, or the okay. Third, or the Fourth? I have. I have a, a separate joke. I have to tell you about that later when you're done. Okay. But real quickly, I have Romans three twenty three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's okay. It. So. So, so it was kind of close, and it, it was feeding my point anyway. It was no, and, but my point to that is now, yep. what Bible did that come from? Because if you look up a different Bible, sure. it might be the same intent, yep. but it's going to be a different set of words. And I find well, that are, so fascinating. Well, it is. There are when you look at how the Bible has has come around. It's I mean, first in Hebrew, some in Greek. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it went to German in many cases, depending yep. upon where you were, and the Gutenberg Press, and and uh, so it's it's gone through all these iterations. And today there are different translations. Mm-hmm. Some are more accurate than others. Um, some, uh, I it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, uh, a, <laughs> a biblical deli tray. Where yeah. people will pick things they want and throw away things they don't want. Yeah. And there, there are parts of certain Bibles that are yeah. there in that Bible that are, don't exist in a different Bible. You know, again, I don't that's know true. if this is the tr- case, but since I use the example, yeah. there might be something in the Southern Baptist Bible that's not in the Catholic Bible. And well, basically, it the same and it's, it's it's not necessarily a southern baptist bible or a, i mean different people uh, that's use what, different that was ones. my point i'm using that as an example you know, no no i understand but so there are many different translations i typically use the english standard the esv um mm-hmm. but i have an niv that i use the new international version or something like that some people use the king james version which is all the weepeth and talketh and you know things like that yep. uh, and but thinking that it's more uh um traditional in its you know, on its translation, I, I can't speak to that. I just, I think you have to, you have to follow um, the ones that make sense and which one speaks to you. Right. Uh, and you're right. Are there some books that, in some many translations, are left out? There are, and and mm-hmm. so some people point to that and say, well, it's not the unerring word of God if you are leaving some out or picking and choosing what went in. And uh, much like the Apostle Paul, uh, I have come to believe that uh, that God inspires what he wants to end up in the Bible. So it's, it's not a perfect science, but it's not science. It's, it's the... I was going to say, wow, that's, that was pretty big. Yeah, it was pretty big <laughs> words there comparing the Bible to science. But, you know, I'll, I'm going to leave that one alone. No, well, if, if you're a God follower, you should know that God controls all things, science included. Uh, so, oh, see, so don't so think deep. that don't think that scientists invented science. <laughs> They're students. <laughs> They're students, not the professor. <laughs> uh, that's why you have scientists in the Vatican, right? On that hope. note, John, you want to talk more about the Vatican? You want to tell us what you think about the Bible or anything else that's going on in the world? Head up yes. to our website, pottymiles.com, and leave us a comment, or head over to one of our social media outlets, areas, whatever you want to call them, and and comment there. Um, John will get right on top of it because I'll probably let it sit for three weeks before (laughs) I get to it, but that's just me. I know. And it's horrible. You know, find me on TikTok and start talking to me there. That's probably where I spend most of my time now. Uh, Anyway, uh, John, anything else you want to add? One last thing real quickly, because we talked about, I wanted to make sure I delivered on the promise. There was uh, 
Uh, and you've heard about people, you know, who are shopping for churches all the time and they go, I didn't like it there. I went to this church and I tried out a different one. And we used to do that when we would go from, you know, place to place because we moved a lot. And so there's a guy on a deserted island. He's an architect by trade and he's stuck there for 20 years. Well, they finally came across him and found him there. And here he is and he's designed these beautiful buildings. And and this guy's interviewing him and he said, whoa, that is an amazing building. And he's wires and just done some beautiful things. He said, what is that? He says, well, that's my house. He said, wow, that's amazing. And he looks a little further in the distance and he sees this beautiful, massive construction that he looked at. And he said, he said, what, what is that? He says, that's my church. He says, wow, that's your church. That's amazing. And he looked back, I don't know, the other direction, about a half mile away. And he said, well, what's that building? That looks beautiful too. He said, that's where I used to go to church. He's alone on a wow. deserted island. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, our biggest thing too, just again, I know we're, we're trying to wrap it up, but you've got no, my, my wife, my wife who's Methodist, me who was raised Catholic, who has the Jewish side to him as well. And then my daughter who went to, uh, up until this few weeks ago, went to a, a uh, what used to be a um, Church of Christ school. You got okay. those three and we're trying to find a church home. And that really has less to do with, obviously with the uh, denomination and more to do with just the people we feel comfortable with we've been yeah, in cathedrals it, we've been in we've been in a yep. school gym we're yep. just we trying to find people that, that that's you're exactly right and it takes some looking it's not yeah. about us not being satisfied it, it, that's partly but it, but it's also about us finding one that speaks to us and we went to probably six or seven different churches before we arrived at the one that we felt speaks to us so i just want you to know from now on i'm going to call you a catholic with a side of jew I think that's. Well, I call myself a Catholic Jew all the time. I get guilt well, from both like, sides. Is that like a Jew with a side Aju. of? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aju. That was exactly. terrible. I have to be careful down here with that joke, though. Up there, I used to get a lot of laughs when I lived in the north <laughs> or even even further north. I don't. Yes. I get a lot of really funny looks down here when I say I'm a Catholic Jew. <laughs> yeah. So well, I, I, think I think we just good. lost half of our listener base, but we're going to no. lose the rest of them when we stop the, no. the recording anyways. So <laughs> pro probably some might hang on. We love our exactly. listeners. We do too. We do. We do too. We do. We sure um, do. And hopefully after all of this, they'll come back and listen to us next week. People say so, you should not talk about religion and politics. We just did all of that in the course of like 20 minutes. And I think we yeah. fixed a lot of things. I think so too. I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here to fix other people's problems, we're to fix the world's problems. Ignore yeah, our own and fix others. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I love that you, note, Nick. Love you too, John. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Okay. See ya.